Miserable people, hello and welcome to the Hollywood Heels podcast. We got our full show review of WWE Fastlane 2023, a lovely PLE with only five matches. Uh, we we kind of need more of these. As I'm getting older, man, like these... Um, you know, not not to take shots or anything, but something like Wrestle Dream or whatever that was like 13 hours long. Like, I'm too old for that shit, man. I don't know about you, but I'm Duke Russo, the rock star, the Renaissance man, and I am joined by the divine voice himself, Henron. What's up, man? What is going on, good sir? Hello, everybody. Yes, it was Fast Lane and a show that went by pretty fast you know so no real complaints i'm glad it didn't drag on um with how it could have been and it depends on the matches portrayed yes some of those shows may be a bit long but usually there's a lot of action to keep you entertained with little valley and a lot more hill but let's talk about fast lane the uh the main topic of today Yes, sir. So Fastlane was in Indianapolis this year, 14,000 plus in attendance, and we got straight to our first match. And I was kind of surprised that this was the first match. Um, you know, obviously when you're booking these shows, it's a delicate matter because you want you want an interesting match first because you want to get everybody engaged, uh, but but you don't want to blow your load right away, right? So we had Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso, which maybe we can take a minute and brainstorm tag team names for these guys. Um, versus the Judgment Day for the unified tag titles. And we got, whoa, oh, Cody and Jay walking away with the belts, man. Yeet. Yeet. Oh, it was, I loved this match. This was easily. Not even close match of the night for me. Um, it was so good. It was so good. Uh, I, I guess it started a little on the slow side. I'll I'll give you that if anything. Um, but it picked up really well. Obviously, uh, there was chaos involved. But to me, the best thing about this match is the 1D with the Cody Cutter. It's so fucking smooth. It is so sweet. It's just like... It's like it was meant to be, dude. It, it really was. So, how'd you feel about this one? I loved it. Um, I was not expecting to see this ending. I'm dubbing that move currently the Cody. It's like the 1D and Cody's hitting the Cody Cutter. So, like the Cody. That's what I'm calling it in my head. Um, I like it. Because I don't know what the hell else. I wish they would have given it a name. I wish they would have actually ended the match with it. Because they still had to have Cody stand up and yoink this man by his little waistband to hit that uh, crossroads to actually finish the match. But it was a beautiful spot nonetheless. And this was a nice little match. Um, it There was a little bit of a story tone with Damien Priest and his knee. They were working on it early. At one point, Cody hit a through-the-ropes um dragon dragon screw oh man i love a good dragon screw and through the ropes especially it's just gross it, it's always good to see but they were just messing up that knee and eventually jd mcdonut took it out with the briefcase accidental question mark question mark potentially maybe i don't know was it all 
part of the plan? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. But Priest couldn't help, and Finn got his ass beat, and they took the belts. Yes, they did. And I was all right. So, so how about this? Is this is kind of an obvious low hanging one? But how about American Ooze? Okay, okay, I, I, that's not bad. That's not bad. It's not bad, but I feel like we could do better with with some time and and some thought to this. Um, but yeah, I, you bring up an interesting point because I hadn't considered that maybe JD hitting Priest was part of the plan. I truly hadn't because everybody was livid. Um, but, but, I guess it could serve a purpose. You know, uh, if, if it is, then there's some super deep-seated backdoor bullshit against Damien Priest. And uh, that's going to be ugly when it rears its head, if, if it's the case. Yeah, and, you know, just to jump right into a small portion of what we see later, Priest has a messed up knee, you know, from this match, and he's trying to go out there and potentially cash in at some point in all of Judgment Days, basically telling him no, and Rhea actually takes the briefcase from him. You know, like, no, you said you wanted to be at 100%. We're not going to let you do that. Look at yourself. Give me the briefcase. And she takes it from him. Everybody knew that, Seth was going into this match injured. You know, he's got a bad back. We know Shinsuke's going to target it. We know whoever comes out is barely going to make it out. So we know tonight would be the perfect night to, to cash in. So to plan to take out Damian Priest, I mean, I don't know. It just kind of makes perfect sense. Uh, yes, but I do think that... Um, I do think Rhea made the right call. Because... Priest was not in great shape. Um, really, nobody from the Judgment Day was after that. And fast forward to the end of the Seth Shinsuke match, like Seth seemed to be like kind of okay-ish. Um, and if you think about it, like Money in the Bank is, has been around for a long time. And there's been like, what, five failed cash-ins in its entire history? So like, do you want to be the sixth? I feel like that's, that's, uh, that's some infamy for the archer of infamy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want to be known as a failed money in the bank cash-in. Yeah, no, very, very true. You don't want to end up like Baron Corbin. Or Austin Theory or, or Damian Sandow. Or Braun Strowman, or John Cena. I think that's all of them. Like, they they had to put Homeboy on the list just to make everybody feel better. But that's just not a that's not a list of names I would ever like. If they if the, if I was ever anywhere in my life and I looked at the list of people that were going to be there and these were the people, I'd be like, what did I do? Like, what did I didn't do it? Like, I need to talk to somebody. That's what I'm saying. Like, Rhea Rhea made the right call here. You know. It, that's why I don't know. I, I I also don't think Rhea's thrilled with JD either after this whole situation. Um so I I really don't deep down in my gut, I don't think that was actually part of the plan because like it almost weakens the judgment day by uh by by not having everybody in gold. This is true. 
you know, so I, I agree with you there. Um, eager to see, as always, where the storyline does play out to. But if I could uh, touch on the match a little bit as well, Cody was showing out a little bit. Uh, there was a lot of great tag team work, surprisingly, by Cody and Jay. They haven't really been a tag team for long, and they seem to already kind of be working very well together. Jay hit a spear. Um, shout out to Roman. Still beef and drama going on there. There's talks of, not talks, but I, I heard something randomly somewhere from somebody basically having a three-way match to split the belts and having a belt on each Uso. That could be interesting. Um, at one point, Cody hit a, a stalling duplex on the, like the superplex holding Finn Balor up. Just just completely showing out. It, it was very fun all the way around. It was kind of slow to start. Um, they were working on Jay a lot to start. But compared to a lot of the other matches on the show, when this picked up, it picked up early and it stayed hype you know, until the end. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. Um, great way to open the show, but it also you know, kind of sucked that the best match had to open the show because... In some senses, it was all downhill from here. Speaking of going downhill, uh, we ended up in a match that was basically a handicap match. We had a 3v2 situation of Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins, versus only Rey Mysterio and uh, Escobar from the LWO. Now... Ray made a call. We don't know who that call was to. And uh, apparently that call was not answered, but Ray is confident. But regardless of how confident he was about the call, it started off 3v2 for the majority of the match. Um, did you think that it was going to be the bad apple Carlito? I had no clue idea way shape and form that this guy i mean i guess it may have made sense if we think back to they were they mentioning backlash puerto rico um because that's when he came back but no like i i this guy is i'm sorry he's not a thought in my mind so i had no clue that he was showing up so going into the match i like i thought maybe dragon lee Possibly that that to me made probably the most sense. Um, spoiler alert: This was probably worst match of the night for me. Uh, I did not really like it. Didn't do much for me. Uh, the the surprise was spoiled for me on Twitter. I try not to like go on Twitter too much, but I forget why I was on there. And I didn't expect somebody to like spoil this before it actually happened. But needless to say, uh, people on there are ruthless. But um, a few questions I have is like, why the fuck did it take so long for him to come out? Yeah, there's no way. Like, where what? Like, there's no way he was driving to the arena. Like, when did he make this call? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, he had to go through, you know, security, and he's like, I'm trying to get in there. They're getting beat up right now. Like, come on, buddy. Like, that's not, I don't know. I don't know what the hell took him so long and why he even started the match. I would have been like, hey, yo, Pierce, hey, yo, Trips, can I, uh, can I go next? 
can somebody go before me? Um, come on, homeboy. He on the way. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what sense that made. I mean, this whole thing just didn't didn't really make sense. But like, once he did make his entrance, the match lasted a whole another like sixty to uh, uh, ninety seconds when Carlito hit Tez with a backstabber and picked up the pin, and that was the end of it. Yeah, my my notes. Um, Tez is looking a lot more fierce and intense. You know, he's he's made that attitude switch, which it's nice to see. It's fun to see. I don't need to see Bobby and Ray in the ring anymore again ever, unless it's a 10-second match for Bobby to take that belt. Because again, until halfway through the match and the announcers were like, oh man, Bobby used to be a former U.S. champion like Ray, who's the current. And I was like, oh, shit, he is the champion. I forgot again because he just, I mean, I'm sorry. This is not a championship run. It's just not. And then you had to come out and be saved by homeboy who just comes out here and literally wins in two seconds. It was more than two seconds. They came out and all of a sudden LWO had all the energy in the world, even though they're getting their ass beat for the past, you know, 15 minutes. And then he just hits a backstabber and wins. I'm not a big fan of the backstabber. I never liked it as like a finishing maneuver. It's, I don't know, it's kind of whack. But either way, um, Bobby ain't going to be happy. Nope. So now we go back to the drawing board of does Bobby turn on the profits again like does does he blame them for this loss because i mean ultimately tez is the one that got pinned here and realistically lashley was kind of nowhere to be found to help him out um does bobby go back on the profits again yeah that's interesting i don't know because i i mean this is an easy setup for Bobby versus Carlito. I feel like that's a that's a meat man match that people would enjoy to see. But I don't know where this goes between these three individuals. I don't know. I feel like they weren't really trying to pair them together. Like they're just like putting them together for the time being until they turned on each other just to keep them busy in their own fear until they're ready for them somewhere else. I, I just don't know. Now, one thing, when I did the instant reaction pod, I did not know what the situation with Carlito was and what his future held. And in the time since, uh, we have learned that Carlito will now be a regular on SmackDown and is on some sort of longer-ish term. I don't know the duration by any means, but like he's going to be around for a minute. So... I don't know if he joins the LWO, maybe, because uh, the big question is, like, what the fuck are they going to do with the belt? Uh, again, it should already be on Bobby Lashley because he beat Rey Mysterio in a singles match with the belt not on the line, which, again, I think is stupid. So are they going to have, you know, like the Santos Escobar Rey match where it was like a friend friend match or is... Is that going to be Carlito next? Are we going to get Carlito Lashley? Are we going to get Carlito Tez? I feel like Carlito Tez is probably going to be the first one. Uh, Lashley may give Tez an opportunity to redeem himself, but I don't know. I'm I'm just not really into this storyline, to be honest with you. Yeah, nothing 
anywhere about it really entices me. I I guess on your note right there, I can see it going back to Bobby giving them one more chance and telling Tez that, you know, you need to win this match and he gets him a match with Carlito and, you know, Dawkins helps him cheat to win or something like that just so they can get the victory over Carlito, but still not pinning him clean to eventually lead to LWO wanting to get their revenge in a big match and their homeboys might be healthy again. So then we'll have, what is that? Not like five members at that point. So maybe with the Street Profits will make two friends. Maybe we'll get something fun to finally blow it out and end the feud. And then somebody will take Ray's belt after that. I don't know. Yeah, it just, you know, none of that sounds interesting to me. As horrible as that is to say. Uh, I I think Dez, Tez is just being held down by all this shit. Like, again, Elimination Chamber, Montez Ford turned into a fucking superstar that night. And he's just been done dirty since then. And it, it really does bother me. Yeah. I'm happy if they were actually trying with this heel turn because that shows that they're trying to do something different and they care. But they're not actually doing anything with it i feel like they it's a half-ass heel turn because you still have the same music until you change the music it's not a heel turn like for real yeah maybe maybe they're gonna make them change partners in order to get i don't know we'll see where it goes but i ain't holding my breath i'm not sitting on the edge of my seat by any means however the next match had me on the edge of my seat we had a women's triple threat match for the women's championship between Io Sky, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka. And I know that you got a little beef with me on some of my takes on on the whole situation with the women's roster on SmackDown, man. Look, I, I had mentioned this. Charlotte's been back at this point, what, five weeks? I don't know. I'm making numbers up right now, but I feel like that's a pretty accurate number there. But when she came back one week in, she's like, hi, my name's Charlotte. I'm back. Where's my title? No, you you don't get to come back with that attitude. I'm sorry. You've done this. How many times? 14? No. Like At first, I was actually applauding her because she was not bringing all the attention to herself. She was like playing a background to the Shotzi, Bailey, EO, all that stuff going around. All of a sudden, where's Shotzi? Charlotte's in like her third title match, I feel, in five weeks. (laughs) Or her fourth number one contenders match. Like this is absolutely ridiculous. But she's great. I enjoyed seeing her, but I don't need to see her all the time. I don't know. It's a lot. It's just a lot. Okay. In in most circumstances, I would understand and I would agree. However, she is on a level that no other woman on the roster is. That would be like saying that once Roman drops the belt, he disappears for eight months. And when he comes back, you expect him to not want the belt right away? Like, how does that even fucking make sense? I... I mean, yeah, it's just a personal grievance, I guess, because it just makes all the logical sense. You know, she's the queen, she's the champion, but I just feel like anytime there's a woman at the top, Charlotte's already beaten her, 
or gone through her to get the title. So we don't get anything fresh. Charlotte just comes back for rematches that we've already seen instead of us seeing something new. I, I mean, have we seen Charlotte EO? I, I mean, not that I remember. But I think that's the only one. No. So, and have we, have we seen Charlotte? Uh, did we see Charlotte Bianca? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Weren't they beefing before this whole EO thing got involved? Well, that was the triple threat with Asuka, Bianca, and... Was it Charlotte? I can't remember. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Asuka, Charlotte, and Bianca were... Like all in a tiff, and then Oscar faded out, and then EO came into the picture, and then Belair got injured, and then Charlotte took a break, and then Charlotte came back. Yeah, so I I don't know I I think there's enough there, and again, like to me, I, she changed. I feel like how women perform in their division. First off, and and secondly, it's not like she's you know 50 like she's still she's probably in the tail end of her prime but she's still got a lot left in the tank and she's still just so dominant in the ring like in this match she felt like the most dominant person and Asuka's tactics of the early mist on her to try to take her out and make it a 1v1 between her and Io shows you that she views Charlotte as the biggest threat, really. Yeah, and even the way, you know, that they portray the match and the size and the power and everything. Like, honestly, when they took Charlotte out and it was just Io and Asuka in the beginning, kind of was whack. Like, it, it kind of was like the slowest part. And I get it's the start of the match and it's always slow like that. But that was kind of whack. And I was excited to see those two in the ring together by themselves. They need to get Charlotte one of those old school, you know, science academy, whatever, eye wash stations. You know, you got to wash your <laughs> eyes for 15 seconds because she was out there rubbing it with a dry ass towel. I was like, that shit is making it worse. Shit. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, by by certain state standards, you need to have one of those every so many feet when uh, chemicals are used. So they, they may not be up to code right there. That may be a problem. But um. I know that like different different mists are to mean different things because we saw another mist later on, and I don't I don't know the mist meanings or whatever, but maybe maybe Oscar's mist is uh, is a little bit gentler on the eyes or something. <laughs> possibly, possibly because Charlotte was able to get back in the ring and fucking whoop the shit out of these two little girls. She like she literally was just two v oneing them, and she double suplexed them at one point. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, Charlotte was just—that's what I mean, dude. Like, come on, you mean to tell me somebody who is able to take these two women, who are really like a one's the champion, and then b the other one is probably one of the most feared women in the entire division, and she made them look like nothing. Tell me the belt does not belong on her. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel you there. Because then we, it's always then every challenger we can see something potentially different. I just hate to see her climb because 
we already know she's going to win. You know what I'm saying? We already know she's who she is. I'd rather just either see her on top or not see her at all, I guess. Um, well, mommy's always on top. And and we haven't seen, like, quote-unquote, mommy versus the queen. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to see them build that shit up as well. Well, that's dude, the... Uh... The Rhea Ripley Charlotte Flair match that we had at um, WrestleMania is still—it's the greatest women's match that I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was an absolute banger. I actually had like I was watching that with people who don't normally watch wrestling, and they were like, "Oh shit," you know? <laughs> yeah, that was that was ridiculous, and that's why like I want I. A dream scenario, I would love to have Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Jade Cargill. Triple threat match. Jeez. We're going to get something close to that soon. I hope so, man. I hope so. so we, we'll, we'll keep an eye on where this belt ends up, but I think I am happy to think that it will be on charlotte definitely by wrestlemania i think you agree with me but you're just not happy about it yeah it'll be back on charlotte she damn near won this match and she's probably going to end up with the rematch because of it um this ending was lovely though um we did have the distraction from bailey as charlotte is making oscar tap out to the figure eight and EO comes off the top for the moonsault, just absolutely crushing Charlotte. You can tell it just knocked all the wind out of her because as she hits the ground, she hits that ooh face, you know, and she gets the pin off of that. But, you know, more potential dissension in damage control. EO saying, don't come out. EO saying, I didn't, you know, go away, but getting kicked and then Bailey helping and, you know, now Bailey can kind of hold that over her head. And Charlotte obviously is owed, feels that she's going to be owed a rematch. And I think Charlotte's eventually going to take that to cause, you know, the split between damage control. I feel like Bailey's going to end up costing EO that match. She's going to end up putting her in another match. Like, you know what, Charlotte? You didn't win. And to show you, we'll beat you again. <laughs> Yeah, and Charlotte's not the person you do that with. Uh, that the only thing that really surprised me about this match because I did expect EO to retain. Um, she that was part of my prediction, but I was surprised that even with distraction and and the circumstance, I was surprised that Charlotte got pinned. Yeah, that's that is not something that you see. Yeah, I I figured it was either going to be Oscar getting pinned or tapping out or something like that um but for me this was the second best match of the night agree or disagree yeah i, I will agree um this was pretty pretty close with uh the last man standing match i i'm i would just call it an even tie just because of the how I feel about last man standing matches in general. Yeah, and you you got your wish on this one. It wasn't uh, it wasn't an unnecessarily long one by any means. Yeah, they didn't go on for forty five minutes dragging it out. You know, they drug it out a little bit, but I guess that was the tone of most of the matches on this show. Is we're gonna fucking bore the shit out of you at the start, 
And then we're going to spice it on up for you. I mean, five matches on the card for a PLE. That's kind of what they had to do. Um, and honestly, I didn't hate it. Like I said, I, I don't mind. I think this ended up being right about three hours-ish even. Um, which is which is good for me. You know, like I don't... Uh, I don't like squash matches on PLEs. I'd I'd rather them let the match breathe and build. Um so I I did enjoy the format and flow of this. The content in some scenarios certainly could have been better. Uh but all things being said, um I I thought this PLE was better than some people wanted to give it credit for. What was the last paper? What was the last PLE we just watched? Wasn't that lackluster? With didn't that one have the other Shin and Seth match? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think this was better than that. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, let me pull up. I think the only thing that pay per view had was the tag title win. Yeah. I'm just trying to pull so was up it the, the Steel City Street Fight, maybe? Schedule that we had. Uh, I think it was payback, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I believe it was payback. Yeah, it was payback. And what did we have? We had the Becky Trish, which was good. We had LA Knight yeah. Miz, which was trash. Rey Mysterio, Austin Theory. Um, the Steel City Street Fight. Uh, we had Rhea versus Raquel and Seth versus Shinsuke. So, um, I mean, I liked I liked the Becky Trish and the Steel City Street fight. The rest of it I could have done without. So maybe they were on a similar level. I would say. Yeah, I feel you. Another mid pay-per-view um and yeah but i i've seen people really hate on this one and i i think you know obviously the first match was a banger um the uh the women's match i really liked and then the main event like i didn't hate it it was a good match it it just wasn't the best match of the show so we i felt like we got three quality matches out of this one yeah we got we got some pretty good Pretty good matches here. They could have been better, but we got more. Yeah, we got more good matches on this show than we did on the last show. That's kind of why I give this one just a tad bit notch higher. Hopefully, because what we got November fourth, we got Riyadh or wherever they're going. So that should be a high one. Yeah, we got Crown Jewel, which is supposed to be. Um, Roman's next defense, which has been rumored to be John Cena. Um, that's going to be November 4th. And then we got Survivor Series. I expect Survivor Series to be really good. I, I expect Crown Jewel to be pretty good. I, I would say that we're on the up now because, you know, we got those two. And then after that is Royal Rumble. And that's my favorite pay per view. Yeah. And I, you know, at that point, we should be getting a lot of people back. Brock should be back. Um, if Randy Orton's not back, like by then, you gotta expect him to be back in a random Rumble participant. Um, 
same deal with with some women. Maybe that'll be. Uh, hopefully, she's back before then. But maybe Liv will be back at that point. So we're on the up. Uh, anyway, do do you feel like we need to talk about Pat McAfee? Because I don't feel like we need to talk about Pat McAfee. Let's go. We need to talk about his uh, Indianapolis Colts WWE Championship belt that he paid four hundred fifty dollars for. Merch plug. <laughs> is that is, okay I, again i absolutely love pat mcafee i watch his espn show well i i listen to the audio of it but um i'm just not a fan of him in the context of the wwe he's one of those people that i just feel like is like why why are you here bro like you're not like i get it you know you were a fucking punter congratulations <laughs> like i don't know what to tell you man all pro, you know, the, the all decade team of the Indianapolis Colts, brother, you better watch out. <laughs> I know, I know. Again, I do love Pat McAfee. It's just sometimes some people, like Dennis Rodman appearing in wrestling to me is random as fuck. And it's just like, why? You know what I mean? And and this this feels kind of the same. As much as I fucking hate Logan Paul, like, Logan Paul, like, kind of does belong. Like, the fact that I hate him, the fact that everybody hates him alone kind of mean that he belongs because he's instant fucking heat and the kid can actually perform in the ring. So like that kind of shit, I understand. Pat McAfee, not so much. Yeah, but I, I figured we were going to see this guy in Indy. Like, and, oh, for sure. In Indy, like, and Michael Cole loves the guy. I, I it's fun to see them interact with each other. I don't mind him on commentary, though. And we got him on commentary for the next match. So our next match is the greatest of all time, John Cena and L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Versus the Bloodline, Solo Sokoa, and him, Jim Uso. Uh this match, man. So, like, honestly, if it wasn't for the buildup of the hottest hot tag of the night of LA Knight, um, it would have been really bad. Like, I don't know. Like, Cena, I don't. What's interesting? So, when I did the instant reaction pod, I hadn't um listened to the post show presser yet. And did did you watch it yet? I only watched, um, and you can guess which part I watched. <laughs> the, the Cody J. That's it. Yeet. Yeet. <laughs> um, so Cena's there as well, and he gets a lot of questions about like where where he's at with like WWE, and you know they they talk about the the SAG actor strike and all this shit. But you know, some of it was like, what did you want to accomplish in? Um, this return and uh, I'm going to paraphrase here but basically he was saying like to more or less see if I still got it and he admitted that like he's not where he should be or needs to be or wants to be and that he has a lot of work to go so like I feel like he knows that his performance in, in this match was kind of shit uh, because it was like his selling was just weird and awkward and, and sometimes like oversold sometimes just like nonsensical. And, um, it was really just him getting worked for like 10 fucking minutes before he got the, the mega hot tag to the mega star. But, 
it was rough for a while. Yo, yeah. Uh, Cena was just like, it was sad. They were just like beating on this man. And it's not even like they were doing that bad or brutal of a beating. I mean, let me not say that because when Solo Sokoa hit his nine moves throughout the entirety of his existence on this PLE, he, they were impactful and he made them count. You know, when Cena was getting hype and putting Jimmy down, uh, him, Jim, with some shoulder checks, he couldn't put down Solo. And Solo put him down with one uppercut. You know, Solo was crushing him in the corner with those hip attacks. He was sitting on his chest. He was hitting him with the Annihilator or the Bonsai Drop, whatever the hell they want to call it, you know, depending on who's doing it. Washed. <laughs> but, yeah, man. Until he finally, and God, it felt like we were like 37 minutes into this match by the time he made this tag. And, and it, there was like six six different attempts that he was right there, just the fingertips. They were on commentary. If he could just stretch his arm a little bit. And he was like, he, he can't do that. He's just a regular person. And I'm like, it's just like he's right fucking there. Oh, my God. But finally, the megastar gets in there, and yeah, they built this shit up so much. Like he didn't literally; he could have done anything in there. He could have touched a guy on the forehead with his pinky, and he would have fell down, and the crowd would have fucking exploded. Palm of his hand, guy was on fucking fire. Ends up, you know, hitting the BFT for the victory at the end. Hyping things up with John Cena. John Cena tries to pick his hand up. He says, no, no. I'm going to pick your hand up and we're going to celebrate you. <laughs> the greatest of all time. Oh, man. So they're, they're best friends. Um, at random points in the match, uh, him, Jim, is being hilarious. He's getting beat by Cena. And then he stops and goes to talk to Paul Heyman like, hey, yo, uh. I need some help. And then another time he's trying to, he's like looking at Solo for the tag and he stops and he's like, nah, never mind. I'll get him. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so he's scared of tagging Solo. Just small things, but still playing on that character. You know, he's still going for the high five to start the match, but Solo ignored him again. So Solo don't care about this man. And. Paul Heyman's losing it as well. Commentary finally commented on his hair. They said because the bloodline is crumbling, that's that's what's going on with his hair. That's why it's going white. That's why he's so pale because the bloodline is basically falling apart. And I I like that little. That was cute. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that he's probably been white for like five fucking years and he just decided to start cutting the dye out but i'll overlook it it's all good yeah we'll just skim over that small part <laughs> yeah this this match i don't know like i don't even know what i was expecting to be completely honest with you um i think i was expecting a little bit more like i i think cena hit like three moves the whole match and I, I think it was like two AAs and a five-knuckle shuffle. I think that was it. And the rest of it was just him getting worked. So, I again, I don't know what I was expecting, but I think I was expecting maybe just a touch more than that. Um, again, I, I love Cena, and especially, like, I didn't always love Cena, as 
most of us probably. Um, but like I've enjoyed his return. You're always hyped for when the legends come back, you know, even if you hated them the entire goddamn time, you're always hyped when they come back. But I, I don't know. I, I think, I think the fact that he more or less acknowledged in the, the presser that he, uh, he's not where he wants to be. Um, and he even said that, like, you know, I know this wasn't my latch last match, but, um, I know the last one's on the horizon. So I think he understands like where he's at and everything. And it's, it's almost sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. That bald spot, man, he feels it. You know what I'm saying? But he's still so happy and excited out there when he, when he got up to hit that five knuckle shuffle, he, he genuinely looked like happy. He was like, Oh shit. Oh shit. You know? Cause you know, the crowd love that shit. Um, it, it's nice to see, you know, we'll always appreciate to see John Cena. He'll get back to acting. He'll go away. He's going to become old man. Like 40 years from now, you're going to see like old John Cena with gray hair. or Maybe he's bald. Yeah. No hair. Like, oh my God. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be crazy. You know, I, the one thing that I will definitely give him is like, you know, I, I saw a couple of tweets out today about like, you know, Ric Flair wants to wrestle one more time and that ain't going to be Cena. You know what I mean? Like when he wrestles his final match, it's going to be his final match and he's going to know it and it's going to, that's going to be it. He's still going to come back and, you know, appear and, and maybe like he'll show up and like, you know, uh, beef with somebody on the mic and hit him with an AA, but he's like going to be done wrestling. And I, I, I feel like I wish more of them did that because sometimes like they just shouldn't, you get to a point where you just shouldn't get in the ring, man. Like, you know, or, or, uh, or you're going to be like Shane O'Mac and, and blow a quad doing just like a leapfrog, you know? Yeah. Or you're going to end up like Ric Flair and damn near die in the ring. Yeah. Twice in the same match. <laughs> that was brutal, yo. Yeah. So like, I, I, I trust that Cena is not going to be like that, even though he is the greatest of all time. But I, I would expect him to be like, you know, Stone Cold or something where like Stone Cold, uh, outside of the one that he just did with KO, like that, that was the first in, in what, like seven, eight years that he was in the ring. And I don't really expect him to come back. Maybe he will, but it won't be anything big or like, uh, the most recent Goldberg match that we had. You know, he ain't really got it anymore. Maybe yeah, I, he doesn't look like he's on the juice anymore. Maybe that's why. But um, I I respect guys that know when it's time to hang it up and like stand by that. Yeah, for sure. The only thing I can ever think of when these older wrestlers get back in there is the whole fiasco that was Shawn Michaels return with Triple H against the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and The Undertaker. And that was a that was scary. Like I'm pretty sure they all got injured in that match, and that was some other, you know, Saudi money, uh, pay per view as well. Yeah. So I I trust Cena to not be that guy. And like he said, the last one's on the horizon. So 
I I feel like he's alluding to like maybe maybe if he does get this the Roman match at Crown Jewel, maybe that's going to be the last match. And I couldn't see that, you know, because like you mentioned, what he was talking about earlier is him wanting to test himself, see if he still got it. I can see this, may, maybe not calling it that, and I could see him maybe having one more because if they can actually advertise it, they can make money off of it in you know five years or whatever. The only thing, though, is like, is his last match really going to be in a Saudi show? Depending on the paycheck. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, after this, we get our main event. Um, we also got, uh, I can't remember if it was in between these two matches or when it was, but we had Xavier Woods doing like a, a Pizza Hut plug. And... I, I just want to say for a second, like now that the show's over and I've like read a couple other reviews and listened to some other podcasts about the show and just wanted to see and hear other people's thoughts, a lot of people fucking ripped the Pizza Hut plugs. And I'm like, motherfucker, you're ripping WWE doing a Pizza Hut plug in the middle of the show and I got to listen to a random fucking five minute long VPN plug in the middle of your podcast. So think about what you're fucking saying right now. Yo, speaking of that, I'm going to scroll back through my notes because they, there was a whole bunch of random advertisements in here. First off, they they pull up with, uh, who is it, Bad News, motherfucker, um, Booker T and Xavier. And homeboys are just chilling, and Xavier pulls up like, hey, can I hang out? And they're like, hold on, young blood. And he's like, hey, wait, what if I order Pizza Hut? And they're like, well, come on now, brother. So all of a sudden, they're <laughs> fucking friends over Pizza Hut. And I was like, hold I was like, what is this? What's going on? At first, I thought this was like some backstage, like, watch party like they were doing for the, the breakout tournament on NXT or some shit. Like, this was the, just a backstage watch party. But nah. These fools just literally standing around in the locker room talking about pizza and the Booker T. Oh, let me get let me get them wings. And I'm like, all right, calm it down. And then they go on later. And they Xavier brings out this fucking square ass dinner box to the motherfucking announcers, Corey Graves and Michael Cole. And I can't stand this motherfucker dinner box. Nobody want no square pizza. That shit remind me of high school. I didn't even eat the fucking school lunch back then fuck that shit yo i don't need no square pizza i like my shit thin light sauce thin and crispy i can't handle that thick ass square bullshit the breadsticks they did look fire they always look fire and then motherfucking those wings did not look fire though they never do i would never get no wings from from there fuck all that um but we also got to see homeboy la night yeah Pulling up in the Slim Jim mobile, we can't forget about Slim him Jim. Can't forget about that one as well. And then the last, the last one to throw in there, they had the toy truck commercial. That's like Seamus was randomly driving a monster truck, and they were like, "Wow, I wish I had one of those." And then all of a sudden, he had it, and then you could like smash and destroy the truck to like wrestle with it. Did you see that commercial? 
Am I? Am I? Tripping? Yeah, yeah. I saw all that. I didn't even know they still made those toys like that. I was kind of hoping that like suddenly Seamus was gonna like drive it into the arena. <laughs> That's honestly what I was expecting. I was like, is this like a Seamus return? I was like, where's he been at? I, I mean, I guess that check was big enough. But again, like I don't, I don't mind it. Like I just laugh at it. You know what I mean? But like, I've seen them get a lot of hate lately for a lot of these but like at the same time everybody who's hating on them they're running some sort of platform where they basically have to live off fucking ads themselves so like why are you critiquing it you know what i mean like it's just stupid to me like this is how the business works that's just what it is and like you're doing the same goddamn fucking thing from you know what i guarantee you you wish you had a fucking Pizza Hut sponsorship because I guarantee you they pay a hell of a lot more than whatever shitty ad you're running. You know what I mean? Like, come on, people. Yeah, dude, they got to get the... But man, you got to get that NordVPN money, bro. Dude, I, that's... That, <laughs> I, I didn't want to I didn't want to say the name, but that's the name. <laughs> you, uh, could just, you see that shit on so many fucking videos, you just throw a shot in the dark and you go fucking catch that shit. I... But that that's what I'm saying is like, you know, and I've I've heard some some pods and whatnot that like they don't even place that shit gracefully. Like they'll they'll be in the middle of a sentence and then just drop the the 45 second clip in the middle of it and then continue their sentence afterwards. Like it's just such horrible editing and whatnot. And I'm like, and you're really critiquing WWE for having their superstars do live ad reads on the the ple that hey by the way you don't need to pay 50 dollars to fucking buy every single one anyway now you just need a cheap ass peacock membership so like again i just don't i don't understand the mad hate that they're getting for it and do i get like free slim jim shit do i get free pizza hut because i wouldn't be hating at all like as much as like i don't really eat that shit i'll find some shit that i eat yeah I mean, I've I've seen people with like the the Hello Fresh ones or whatnot. So like, yeah, you you can get what you want. So I'm sure, dude. I I guarantee you that Slim Jims are not in L.A. Knight's diet. But if they were, he'd probably have a lifetime supply. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, now that we're done ripping shit that we probably shouldn't rip because <laughs> I'm sure one day we'd love to have those kinds of sponsorships ourselves but uh, shout out in case that's ever needed you know we're, we're always here yeah but that's what I'm saying it's like I ain't ripping anybody for it what I'm saying is don't be a goddamn hypocrite about it because that's how the world fucking works anyway yeet um, yeet <laughs> we, we've got our main event of a last man standing match between Seth freaking Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura, who, by the way, Shinsuke had entrance gear of the night. Yeah, the white looked very nice, but I will say, Seth, was that Versace? That's what that looked like. I don't know what he was wearing. And, like, I was into it when he was coming out, like, the entrance gear, but his tights just basically had, like, two big-ass fucking buttholes on his ass, and that was just really weird to me. It was his... They were an interesting pair there as well. Yeah, the, the, when he walked out was a lot better. 
<laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, this was, I mean, this was very fun. This was great. Um, the fucking crowd were like not even five minutes into this fucking match and they're already chanting, we want tables. Like, chill the fuck out, all right? Like, it's a last man standing match. Let's just put them through a table right now and they, they can't stand already or we're going to have to see them hobbling around for 30 minutes. No, I don't want to see a table right now. <laughs> Nobody wants that shit. And we had your classic dragging them through the crowd and slow and we're waiting till the nine count and that's always my gripe with these last man standing matches because we know they're gonna get up until we see the big giant spot but it was fun it, there was interesting spots they did have a nice little twist on it seth and i thought was a very very good note which just adds to seth's just commitment to who he is and what what's going on I don't think there was a time when he got up that he didn't utilize the assistance of something, the ladder, the table, an equipment box, the rope, something. He never was able to get up on his own power. Even on the edge of the apron, he would roll out of the ring so that way he would force himself to stand up by rolling out of the ring. He was never able to actually stand up on his own. And... He's he's now a broken and disheveled man. He was able to come out with the victory, basically taking himself out with this giant falcon arrow off of some randomly obscure setup in the crowd through like four tables underneath the a cloth. Um, what Shinsuke was trying to stand, Seth was trying to stand. Shinsuke fell down at nine. Seth stood up at nine point five. The ref counted 10, and at 10.1, Seth fell down, but he won. And whoever is next, just come and take it, because this man can't even walk. He, I hope he, ta- I, I hope he pulls up on Raw in a wheelchair. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Are we going to have Becky wheeling him in? <laughs> She's going to wheel him in in the shopping cart that she had from <laughs> <No> Mercy. <laughs> yes, sign me up. Um, yeah, there were some fun fun moments in this. I, I liked uh, Shinsuke breaking out the nunchucks. That was probably one of my favorite moments. And I, I loved how it ended because I, I'm a big Falcon Arrow person. And like, I think it's one of the more underutilized moves and, uh, seeing a big Falcon arrow spot through a fucking table. I mean, who doesn't want that? Yeah, it was very nice. And the way he just kind of yoinked him into that as well, because I believe he'd hit a pedigree out there first and Shinsuke was barely able to make it up. And Seth was like, fuck this shit. And just grabbed that man and threw his ass off just in himself as well, you know, because, you know, you got to sit right back down into that in your tailbone, your spine and all that shit. Um, and Seth was was just eating it from Nakamura. Nakamura was tearing him up with chair shots. Um, he had, there was a back body drop onto the cement at one point that was nasty. There was at one point Shinsuke hung him over the apron and dropped the knee drop on his back. He was fucking putting this man through the fucking shit. And then one of the worst spots as well, they had a table or the announced table was cleared off by Seth and he'd put a ladder next to it. 
And, you know, he's trying to put Shinsuke on it and climb up and do some crazy shit, but he didn't even really put Shinsuke on the table. Shinsuke gets up, climbs up the ladder, and drops the mist, just as you mentioned. Here was the second shot of mist of the night, which sends Seth through the announce table himself. And I don't know how, you know, that guy made it look like he was actually dying in this match. Dude, that was the sell of the night. Seth ate that mist like a fucking champion. Mouth open. Like, he just had Shinsuke Nakamura spitting into his mouth. Like Zion Williamson and Mariah Mills or some shit. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, Seth was just like, ah, mouth wide open and just all in the face. Because, like, uh, the, the early mist, the Asuka-Charlotte mist... She mostly got Charlotte's forehead and her hair, but no. This was just like straight up in his face, in his mouth, and then just falls backwards, Jesus pose and all, onto the announce table. That was probably the sell of the night for me. Yeah, that was such a beautiful spot. I didn't... uh... And, And Shinsuke, like... He, you know, this man has a back injury, and this is the same thing I complained about last time. Is you're not taking full advantage of that. You're at times he's still hitting moves to the head, to the front of the body, and I get it. You know, those are vital areas, and you want to take those out as well. But when his back is so damaged, every shot you do is ten times more effective, and there just could have been more of that. It. He could have been more vicious. He could have taken him out just a little bit more. I did love busting out the nunchucks. I didn't know this man was so skilled in the chucks. It was pretty fucking dope. Um, He should have beat his ass a little bit more with that. He had to, like, look at the camera and flex a little bit before he went back to doing his work. Yeah, there's some some Bruce Lee action out there. Um, I felt the same way about the back. I felt like... He didn't go for the back as much as he could have, should have. Um, and also just in general, uh, I thought that Seth massively outperformed Shinsuke in this match. Just from just from like an actual performer, entertainer, wrestler aspect. And I would agree with you there. You know, Shinsuke, unfortunately, just existed. He was just you know, a gear in the grand scheme of things of Seth showing us how much he's going through, how much he's going to fight to get this victory against his opponent. You know, it didn't really matter who he was fighting, slot in X person, because, I mean, Shinsuke just wasn't really asserting himself. You know, it, it, the storyline building up to it was nice. You know, they they built his character, but in the ring, he just hasn't, He's lost that oomph lately. I don't know. Yeah. And um, as a big Seth fan, I do feel like this run is coming to an end. Um, I don't know who is going to take the belt from him, but it just feels like we're nearing the end of this run for Seth, which uh, I think, you know, Seth, Seth has been a great first champion for this quote-unquote new but not really new belt um 
He's had some great defenses. You know, he he had all the open challenges. I mean, there was a point where he was basically defending every raw, and he didn't really slow down until this whole Shinsuke thing started. And then it was basically just Shinsuke. Uh, but as much as I would like it to go on, I would say that if he still has it, on Survivor Series, he'll probably lose it at that point. Although, um, he he will defend it at Crown Jewel, so maybe it won't make it past Crown Jewel. Yeah, I could see them um, giving a big title change at Crown Jewel and having it be this title. It'll make sense. It'll fit in the timeline a little bit because I feel like if you wait too much longer, then you're basically giving Seth time to heal from his injuries. You know, you can't be two, three, four months out and be like, oh, my back still hurts. Well, go take a break. Your back's been hurt and nobody's going to care, you know? Yeah, and it would be perfect timing. And it would be really good because especially if they have him drop it at Crown Jewel, um, it would be good timing for him to come back at, at Rumble. You know, that, that that would essentially be like two months off, you know? I, actually, it'd be almost three months because uh, it rumbles at the end of January. So he would drop it in the beginning of November, have all of November and December off, and then come back strong in late January. So what number does he come in at the Rumble for them to play his music properly? Ooh. I feel like... You know, my first thoughts first, it's, it, it has to be number one or it has to be 30. What that's the only, you know what I'm saying? I don't think they're going to put him at 30. They probably want that to be. No, I, I would expect. Yeah, that or bingo. That's exactly who I had in mind for 30. And I think Seth would fit perfectly for one. Um, and I actually think like Seth wouldn't even be a surprise appearance. You know, like Cody wasn't really a surprise appearance at uh, Rumble, you know, like you kind of knew. So I I think that would work perfectly. Have him be number one. Yeah, I'd love to see him. Uh, they need to have him and Gunther one and two so that way we can see Gunther in there for another hour or whatever the hell he was in there last time in. Maybe have him win it, you know? We'll see if Gunther has the belt. I mean, I... If we're talking about Seth maybe dropping at Crown Jewel, then I I wouldn't expect Gunther to drop before then. So it won't be Seth, uh, Gunther taking it from Seth. But, you know, I the two people that I would really like to see that belt on it would be Gunther or um, Drew, really. Yeah, for sure. Um, what if, uh, what if Gunther's the one to beat Roman? What about that? I think that's completely viable. Um, but I think that they would have like an actual face to it. Yeah. Can, can Gunther ever become a face? I think he can. Because this is what I've said all along about Gunther is like, he's a heel, but like, He's not so like you look at all Roman's defenses recently. 
they've all been interference. You know what I mean? Like it's been ref bumps. It's been bloodline coming out. It's been, none of them have really been clean. Whereas with Gunther, yes, he has the Imperium at his disposal, but like 99% of his time, all of his wins are clean. So I actually think he could make a really good face and he already wins the right way. Like you look at a couple of the heels and there's a couple heels that just don't get booed. And Rhea is one of the top ones that come to mind. Like everybody fucking loves her. And I feel like when Gunther comes out without the Imperium, everybody loves Gunther because he puts on some of the best matches in the entire company. So yeah, I could see a heel Gunther. I don't know how the fuck we get there. Um, but I can see it. Yeah, and you're right now that I think about it as well. Because they love big men beating men. Um, so he could just be like a Seamus, Drew McIntyre kind of, you know, just going out there putting on banger after banger, as they used to say. I actually think that maybe like, okay, you do heel turn Drew. Drew gets the World Heavyweight Championship, and then you use the heel turn of Drew to turn face Gunther by, like, having him say thing because obviously Drew used to be the guy that would always do the right thing and be honorable and this and that. And, and again, like I said, Gunther almost always wins the right way. So maybe... They almost flip-flop characters of like, Gunther's like, okay, yeah, you got that belt. That's the next belt for me because that's that's the next rung on the ladder. And you don't deserve that belt because you didn't go about it the right way. But I'll go about it the right way. And he, you know, they use that kind of to to start to turn him face a bit. So like, they actually make Gunther taking out heel Drew using that to turn Gunther face. I would like that, you know, he could be, you know, like, you could never beat me. So Yeah, instead of Captain America, he can just be uh, Captain Austria or whatever. <laughs> Imagine that timeline. <laughs> some, some sort of bizarro universe out there, it makes sense. Oh, man. But ladies and gentlemen, miserable people, that is WWE Fastlane 2023. Take us home, my dog. Actually, no, no. You know what? Because there's something else I want to talk about. I want to talk about the post-show presser. Yeet. Dude. Because you and I haven't spoken about this yet, and I told you a million times that you needed to watch it. How fucking amazing was that? Man, he was great. I don't know what the hell he was on. He was there having fun with the people asking questions, having fun with Cody. Cody was trying his best to hold it together. Cody was giving in as well. There was so many yeets, a lot of, you know, a lot of dog chants in there as well. Um, was was very, very entertaining. Definitely a watch um, if anybody hasn't seen that yet. That is probably the greatest wrestling post-show presser I've ever seen. Um, they were both probably equally drunk. It just Cody, uh, composes himself much better. Um, but Jay was fucking lit and it was incredible. Uh, the, the interview questions uh, when Cody looked at Jay and was like, 
uh, yeah, so what's next in the story? And Jay just like didn't even really say words, just kind of made noises into the microphone. I, I loved it, dude. That was, um, I, I think I might have enjoyed that more than the entire PLE. Yeah, I want to go back and watch the entire presser to see if there's any other good action. I, I didn't hear about anybody else being worthwhile to watch besides that. So I went out of my way to actually watch that. I usually don't watch those. But yeah, just... It, Cena wasn't bad. Cena was very just frank with with everybody and you know basically said that like, yeah, once this actor strike ends, like I'm gone. Um, like that's true. So, so there was that. Um there was the uh the LA Knight one uh well they were together but uh LA Knight wasn't bad either because I I love his approach of just like yeah I'm getting all this and I fucking deserve all this man because I've been here forever and I've been putting in all the work and it's never never happened for me but it deserves to happen for me so congratulations to me so I I I like his approach to that 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 one's not bad um the EO Bailey one was meh. Uh, Triple H was eh. Other than Triple H dropping a yeet as well. Um, that was about it. Yeet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So now take us home, my dog. Yes, yes, yes. The time has come. We thank you once again for allowing us to make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. We will catch you next time for a jam-packed, action-filled episode of some Monday Night Raw action. But until then, stay safe and have a wonderful day. Eat. Yeah.